this is Tony Speaks and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Today, we have a renaissance man coming on our podcast. Jermaine Hughes is a public speaker, spoken word artist, author, finance geek, model, fitness enthusiast, and a podcast host. But most importantly, today, Jermaine Hughes is becoming disciplined. Jermaine, welcome to Becoming Disciplined. We are so honored to have you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love the introduction. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Now, Jermaine, before you educate us and share your current story, I think it's good for my audience to be aware of your context, your origin story. Every good superhero has an origin story. So tell us about your uh-huh. origin, origin story. Where did you grow up at? What was your family like? What was your environment like? What was the genesis of what makes Jermaine Hughes? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so yeah, I grew up in uh, Oakland, California, uh, East Oakland to be exact. And um, grew up in a, a nice, uh, I would say a nice neighborhood. Um, but there were, it was fragmented. You know, there were, I couldn't go around the corner <laughs> because around the corner was not the same neighborhood. Um, but I could play outside of, outside on my block. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, you know, it was a really uh, good opportunity uh, for, you know, uh, black folks to have, uh, you know, have home ownership. You know, I, I look around and I was thinking like, yeah, like that whole, that whole section um, was not only full of uh, black homeowners, but it was also uh, a place where um, within East Oakland, East Oakland was is, is known for not only Too Short, but what Too Short is known for is known for the drugs. He's known for uh, uh, selling uh, his CDs to drug dealers or tapes rather to drug dealers and making songs about the drug dealing life. Um, about pimping and so forth and so crack and, and so forth was was big uh, when I was growing up uh, and so growing up around that um, went to a Catholic school fortunately an all black Catholic school I'll just say that like I mean the staff uh, was was very very black very um, I would say culturally aware, but it was a Catholic school. People are like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. I I didn't know anything different. That's just what I knew. Miss Adams was holding it down and we had African-American assemblies and we all wore dashikis and everything at Catholic school. I don't know. Um, And so, but, but with that being said, there was this clear understanding that there was these class differences. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I grew up around, uh, you know, having to catch the bus and seeing, you know, the homelessness, seeing uh, the drug addiction, seeing, um, you know, the violence in the community. Um, You know, there were some events that happened at our school uh, because there were public schools that were really close to our school and they didn't like, you know, that you have these kids that have these uniforms walking down the street. They were like, oh, we're gonna beat up everybody, right? So uh, it was a whole thing. And um, yeah, it was very obvious that there was these these differences and it also ended up becoming a big part of my heart, um, you know, for Oakland, but not just for Oakland, but for people, you know, who are, who live in poverty and so forth, of being like, man, like, I don't, I didn't like what I saw, you know, I didn't like what was happening. Um, I didn't like that, you know, our city was not only known for violence, but it was also a place that I didn't feel safe, you know, I didn't feel safe growing up, I didn't feel like you could just go anywhere and it would be fine, you always had to really look over your shoulder, um, and so I've been somebody who's also gravitated towards other cities um, to kind of feel at home because of the, the violence and, and so forth in, in Oakland in particular. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely that, um, seeing that environment definitely created within me a hunger to see things change and wanting to be somebody who helped facilitate change uh, wherever I could or however I could um, for the people around me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, when you were growing up, was there someone in your life that inspired you with their level of discipline? Was there like a person that like that person really kind of became like a standard for how you wanted to pattern yourself after? 
You know, honestly, I wish that I loved discipline when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> I really wish I did. I was somebody who, um, honestly, school wasn't very difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I did well in it without, you know, a whole lot of like tutoring and, and assistance and things like that. Um, and with that being said, in time, you know, getting older and into the higher grades of grade school, I feel like I started to recognize that, um, you know, there was, um, there, there were more and more, I would say, school got increasingly difficult. Uh, school definitely got increasingly difficult. And I just began to be sidetracked, honestly. You know, uh, at adolescence, uh, my parents uh, separated, I think when I was like around 13. And I started to just gravitate towards, you know, all of the, the environment. The environment was, you know, at my particular school, you know, the girls were really just like, you know, giving me a lot of attention. I said, all right, well, let me, let me focus on what I need to focus on. Right, right, right. Uh, and I began to just totally leave school behind. And yeah, you know, discipline wasn't something that um, I really... Uh, gravitated towards, I paid much attention to, I would say until, um, you know, my, my late, I want to say, I want to say part of it was high school, um, but honestly, not until my, my late 20s when I really began to focus a lot more. Um, in high school, I started to do boxing, uh, understanding that I, I need to figure this stuff out, right? I'm like, part of me needs to learn how to box because I know I don't know nothing about boxing. And so I began to do that. And immediately I began to experience these feelings of, you know, Jermaine, like you have to pick this up and you have to catch up because I was literally in a boxing gym where there are kids training. And I'm like, oh, shoot, like people were doing this when they were like eight right. and nine and 14. And so I was, uh, I believe, 16 at the time. And so it was something that I really um, began to put a lot of energy into and, um while I was only doing it for a short period of time, it was something that I was actually surprised at how much, um, how much discipline I was exercising. You know, my, my trainer said, you know, you have to run every single morning um, and then you come to uh, the gym in the afternoons. And sure enough, you know, I get up, I I'd go and run in the neighborhood. I would uh, come back home get dressed, I take all of my boxing stuff to the school and, you know, I have to make sure that my hand wraps are all, you know, wound up and everything at school and then go after, after school, go ahead and hit up the, hit up the gym. And not only was it exciting, but it was also, like I said, I remember having that piece of, in my mind that said, man, like you gotta go, you gotta go hard to make up you know what I mean? You got to go hard to make up for the time that you haven't spent doing this stuff. Um, and I feel like that spirit has also been something that that's aided me in uh, being able to focus on the things I want to focus on. How long did you box for? Um, it was probably like six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a little bit of time, you know, got, got, I feel like if nothing else, I got it into my spirit. You know what I mean? Just like I, I to this day, you know, if anyone's like, you know, my wife actually likes to uh, to do some boxing and stuff. And so uh, we're actually trying to get our son into into something, uh, whether it's boxing or uh, jujitsu or whatever it is. We want to get him into something. Uh, but there is definitely a part of me that's like, man, we could I could get a whole we could get the bag. We could get the gloves. We could do this all day because since I learned that back then, it's just inside me now. Right, right. Now, was there any other martial art that uh, you've tried out or experimented with, or was that part of the primary? No, yeah, man. I, there was there was none of that. You know, my dad put us into baseball, basketball, and football. Um, my brother gravitated more towards football, and uh, I gravitated more towards basketball. Um, and so, you know, I played basketball for a good number of years, and again seventh grade, you know, my mind just, I lost my mind, you know, every, everything's going in disarray. And that was one of the things that I lost. Uh, now I'm only 5'10", so I'm, I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to make it to the NBA, but right, it right. definitely was something that I, I, I really did enjoy. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, did for a good number of years. Mm. Now you have a, you have a, a, a lot of attributes that are listed on your social media. You have public speakers, right. open word artists, author, finance geek, model, fitness enthusiasts, and podcast hosts. Out of all of those, if you could pick one, well, let's separate it. Let's separate because 
uh, let me just explain a little bit about myself so you can see where I'm coming from. There's right. one thing right now that I can get paid well doing. Uh -huh. and there's another thing that is the vocation that I love where I feel the most alive doing. So uh -huh. I, I want to separate those two because sometimes you can have a passion for something and not like I know people who are passionate about being a teacher mm -hmm. and they can't make any money off of being a teacher. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So, so, uh, so I want to separate those two. Out of those two, I mean, out of all those things listed, uh, what's the way that you put food on the table is one question. But then what's the thing that you do that makes you feel the most alive where you feel like, oh, this is why God put me here on this earth? In terms of what puts food on the table, it would be the, the public speaking. Um, you know, I've done a lot of facilitation types of type of jobs, um, you know, since since college, honestly. And, um, you know, I'm not I don't mind being in front of a class. I don't mind teaching lessons. I don't mind breaking things down. That is something that I do enjoy doing. Um, and as in, in terms of what makes me feel most alive, because part of the reason why I have those things is because all of those things bring something uh, to me and give me, give me something back. Um, but I would say currently in my life, um, because of you know, where I am and, and, and what's important to me, I, I would have to say the fitness stuff. I would have to say, um, you know, getting out there um, and, uh, you know, not only challenging myself, but also challenging other people and encouraging other people to, you know, be active and, um, you know, and push through, you know, whatever the mental, emotional blocks that are there, sometimes physical blocks uh, that, you know, don't allow them to be as, you know, active or in shape as they want to be. So, I would say those two. Okay. Now, now, how long have you been public speaking? And then for my audience who's listening and they may think about wanting to hire you, what mm. what what specific venues do you uh, do you perform at? And mm. and what's the what is the what's typically the message or the thesis? Right. Cool. So um, in terms of public speaking, it really starts off with the poetry. Um, poetry for me, I feel like as it pertains to speaking was like the gateway. Um, it gave me an opportunity to not only be on stage, but to be on stage and have everything memorized, have everything in my head already, and to be, you know, in some respect, not only who I wanted to be, but because poetry and spoken word is, you know, heavily influenced by, by hip hop, uh, it allowed me to be pretty dope, you know, and, and not dope in the sense of just like being good at it, but in the sense of like being cool, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, man, like, you know, when I put together my words, I put together my lines, I'm like, man, like, that's that's really cool you know that's really dope and so uh that 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 allowed me to feel comfortable on stage in different ways and then as a result um you know in in high school there were times where people would say hey can you just say something before you perform or can you say something after you perform okay when you perform the, your number of poems that you want to present you can introduce them you can explain them whatever that may be and uh from there it just kind of just continued because I just I learned to appreciate um, the opportunity to speak. You know, even if I wasn't performing, it was like I do want to say something. Can I say something? And um, you know, whether it was at church, you know, doing some uh, some preaching, um, whether you know, in Bible colleges when they first started to uh, let me host events. So we would do like a Christmas event and an Easter event. And they would say, man, we need somebody who's up there who has like energy and who's like funny and all this stuff. And they called me out and I was like, okay. And and sure enough, not only that they like it, but I liked it. I was like, man, like that's that's funny because I've I've never really been up there to be funny. I've never been up there to be entertaining per se. You know, when doing spoken word, it's oftentimes very serious uh, topics. Um, and so from there, um, after high school, uh, I'm sorry, after college, that's when it started to get into, well, I really want to talk to youth and young adults about the financial things, um, wanting to talk to them about the fitness stuff, but as it pertains to yeah, having workshops, having speaking engagements, I've been speaking about, about finances, about the importance of getting in finances um, and learning financial literacy young. 
um, and, you know, overcoming some of the pitfalls that, you know, almost everybody faces if you don't have that type of environment growing up that, you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes with money. So that's something that's really big on my heart. Okay. Now, speaking about discipline for someone who's interested in performing, um, and just so you know, I was a spoken art, spoken word artist from 2000 until when did I, around 2011. And mm-hmm. I came out of retirement like three weeks ago. And, uh, uh-huh. and I had a good time. I had a good time. But, uh, nice. but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it and had a, I was doing mostly Christian spoken word as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and really had a good opportunity, you know, had a, had a good experience. Um, nice. But with that being said, what is your process for people who are listening? What is your discipline process uh, to memorize all of those lines? How did you get all those lines in your head? Yeah, you know what? When it comes to um, when it comes to that, that's actually been one of the struggles that I've I've had um, after. I would say after high school, but even somewhat after college, because I'd have my my seasons where I'm like I'm in the zone and I can I can write and I can write and I can write and every you know depending on how much I'm writing they'll be like up oh, there's a gym there's a gym up oh, it's about to go down let me get this one down and um, but I would say between um, hearing about for some reason this is how it works for me i hear about an opportunity i hear somebody go hey jermaine like we need you to perform um or there's going to be this thing coming up if you want to perform you can perform let me know you know here's the theme whatever it is and then i go okay cool and if i'm excited about the opportunity i can start writing um and possibly finish something something dope uh that i really appreciate within within a couple of days um, and then from then on, it's really just a matter of, um, yeah, just, just reading it. And what I started doing, uh, lately was, uh, recording it, uh, recording the audio and then listening to the audio again and again. Um, and, uh, there, there's just nothing like, um, having to memorize something because you have to perform it right in a couple of weeks, you know what right, I mean. Right. Um, and so, just that that added level of pressure just makes me want to, you know, make sure not only that it's what I want it to be, but it's also in my head the way I want it to be in my head, so that I don't have to, you know, stumble uh, when I'm up there over my words. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Just yeah, just taking. Uh, the necessary time uh, that I can throughout my day to just run over it some more times. Um, And then the thing is, I don't know about you, but the nervousness has its own life and it just kind of just jumps inside of you. (laughs) And it's like, all right, listen, I'm here until Saturday or until that Friday night. And I am about to be here just chilling out, you know? So whenever, you know, you feel like, you know, you're fine, uh, I'm gonna let you know, you got a performance in nine days and you got to get after it. And so, uh, yeah, that definitely motivates me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'll even be honest with you. I, I had no problems with memorization until the one time where I missed my lines in front of a, a couple hundred, it was actually a poetry slam. And right, right. I missed my lines in, in, in front of a couple hundred people. And then from then on, I was paranoid about it ever happening again. And it was mm-hmm. like, a, it was like, a, it was like something that was, it was haunting me at, at that time, you know, mm-hmm. where, uh, yeah, it, it could, it could really stay with you. Cause once you, I will say this, forgetting your lines in front of a hundred, a couple hundred people is one of my worst experiences in life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not the worst you know i've had family members die which is worse than that but without anybody dying forgetting your lines is probably one of the worst experiences so that's why i asked that for any young poets listening today um now now, with that in mind with the fitness enthusiasm i you know i hear you're a person of faith as well and uh and you know I think most people who are hardcore fans of becoming disciplined, they know that's why I started this channel is uh, that's my mm-hmm. biggest weakness is my, my, my weight issue. And mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, uh, we have a problem in the body of Christ, brother. Jermaine. Oh man. 
and we have a problem where oh, we have shit. we have all these heavy people in the body of Christ, myself included, myself included. So I guess my question is this, my brother: Why mm. is the church? You know, Jesus says, you know that you know He'll carry the burdens for you. But why is the church so heavy, and why do we struggle on this issue? Amen. And and why do we overcome? Because I will admit to you, my brother, I am the DMX of carbohydrates. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I am. I I struggle in this area. So so uh, so why do you think? You know, what is your thoughts on why? You know, uh, the body of Christ is so heavy and so you know challenging. You know, because I, I don't know about your area, but I've done. You know, I've done. I've done. I've been to quite a few COVID funerals, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, 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 and just to let you know, man, you know, uh, I would, you know, I have, I have my, I'm not trying to get into the vaccine debate, but I have friends right. who try to say, well, I ain't gonna take the vaccine because the government's going to get you with the vaccine. And then my point mm -hmm. to them is this, the government already got you with what he'd been feeding you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> the government, right, the government right. already got us by feeding us a bunch of trash, and mm -hmm. and and we have been eating. You know, we that we have responsibility ourselves because we've been eating trash. Uh, mm -hmm. But with with uh, with fitness, why do you think the church struggles in this way? And 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 for someone who's a fitness enthusiast, what do you tell people in your circle to try to get them going so so that we can overcome this this hurdle? that is obesity within our community. Right. You know, um, as much as I want to first point to, you know, Christian culture, um, I have done uh, some mission trips. I have done some mission trips. I did, uh, went to Ethiopia uh, back in 2011 or 12, I would say 12, 2012. And then with the same church, I went to Mexico a couple of times. Um, and recently my wife and I, we traveled to, to Egypt. And uh, it's, it's definitely an American thing. Um, you know, I definitely feel like uh, our, our culture here in particular um, around the, the consumption period of, of anything, but especially around the food is, it's, it's so big here, you know? Um, my wife and I were actually discussing it the other day and we we're talking about how uh, we've gotten past, you know, needing food so much so, right? It's like, we don't, we're not worried about, you know, making ends meet with food. It's like, oh, we just got enough food. Like, no, we have way more than enough. The question now is who makes the best food? And who uh, and how do we experience the experience that comes with the best foods on the planet? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's really, I really feel like, you know, we can't really separate, you know, the church's weight issues with America's weight issues, you know, just like you really can't separate uh, COVID issues in America with uh, America's weight issues. You know, she's actually like uh, a nurse case manager um, at a local hospital. And she talks about how much it concerns her that the people who are dying most and are most affected are those who are obese. And, uh, you know, that, that has nothing to do with, you know, faith or whatever it is. Just like, hey, like whatever you believe, that's, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. The question is, is how much, you know, are people weighing? How much are, are people um, paying? It's, yeah, so let me say this part. Because what I want to say is it's, it comes down to just your willingness, you know, to, uh, to focus on fitness and maybe your interest in eating better and so forth. Um, because when I first started working out, uh, very consistently was 2000 and I want to say 14 and uh, it was honestly a place where I was be, I was actually becoming less involved at church uh, so again went to Bible college after Bible college got really involved at church you know helping out 
with the missionary team, but also helping out in whatever capacity I could. And so it just wasn't part of the culture. It wasn't like, hey, everybody, we're going to go, you know, it's Monday through Friday, you know, so we got to get ready for Sunday. But while getting ready for Sunday, we all are going to work out, right? Because we got to work out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we're eating. We're going to talk about how we're eating. Um, This is like the church staff, right? And so because it wasn't like that, and and I was like, and honestly, I was young. I wasn't really particularly concerned about it. But the more that I distanced myself from that, uh, the more that I began to recognize, man, like this is something that no one is going to take care of for me. You know, it's almost it's right in the same line of, uh, you know, dental hygiene. Right. Like you're, you're out the house now. Like ain't nobody about to ask you to brush and floss every single day. Right, like there's, right, right, right. And I've even thought about like, man, we should have like an accountability group for that. But I feel like nobody's even going to want to join it. Right. Because it's, it's, it's so like, yo, like, who wants, who cares about that? Until you start getting some of these bills. Right. And right. You start getting some of these pains in your mouth. Um, but the reality is, is that so many of us, um, don't come from places where it's just um and it's regular um and it's so i get some of the some of the biggest pushback that i've gotten um on some of my posts on facebook and i, and I do get pushback i won't lie um is you know around food i mean as soon as you started bringing up health you have 30,000 opinions. And for the most part, it would it would and could discourage a lot of people from really engaging it because it's not just people are gonna say things like, you know, well, I'm just glad that you are even thinking about this. Everybody is like, no, you have to have the right answers. You have to have the right guide. You have to have the right program. You have to have the right this. And then I know a guy and you should sign up for his program and, and that she has a program and he has a program. To the point where it's it's almost like you know never mind like <laughs> I don't even want to talk about with this with y'all because it's it's clearly so complex and nobody's agreeing right? right everybody's disagreeing you got the vegan argument the vegetarian argument the pescatarians the like we said um, the no carb the low carb whatever it is and it's it's this huge fight whenever you bring it up and so um, you know I I I can't harp on uh the people who who are struggling with it as much as i would like to because i i know that once i started training folks how how deeply psychological and emotional it was that it's not as simple as like let's just start with some some uh you know how many push-ups can you do you know like how many jumping jacks like it's like no like it's way deeper than that and i wish it wasn't but it is it is so deep it is so ingrained in who we are that we have to have some type of radical shift um, oftentimes in order to really go after it and stay consistent. Amen. I think that's a very powerful answer you gave. And as I am, because and just so for anyone who's listening, you know, as, as I interview all of these people, you're like our we're almost near 52 interviews, you know, for one year. Uh, as we interview all of these people on different levels of discipline. Uh, especially when it comes to diet and exercise, or, or we're really, this is about getting discipline in any at, in any part of life. I think one of the reasons why people don't become more disciplined at any particular field is everyone has a different starting point. So if I go and I have my prescription glasses and I try to give my prescription glasses to you and say, hey, they work for me, how come they don't work for you? then that's not, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not wisdom there. You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah, yeah. For a certain group of people, the, the glasses that work for me will work for you, but there's mm-hmm. going to be a whole bunch of people where it doesn't work for them at all. You right. Know? So uh, that starting point and having to do that deep work that you just spoke about is so necessary. And uh, so w- when I write the book and I put all of this stuff together, that's the, that's the starting point I'm going to begin with is mm-hmm. to realize that, Hey, this book can't be one book for everybody. It's got to be, it's got to be, we've got to figure out who you are and where you're coming from before we go forward. So, right. um, so I just want to thank you for sharing that. Now uh, you said train, how many people do you train and how, how long have you been training? Man, you know, I actually haven't been training uh, um, for a minute. I started training 
2016. Because um, when I first started working out, it you was know, just trying to get in shape. I wasn't, I was actually really thin um, growing up. And so I was just trying to get back to being thin as I, as I normally am. And then uh, at church, we had a fast. And the fast was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be 30 days. Um, and then it went to 50. Like, I don't know where the discussion went, but somebody said it. <laughs> and, it happened. and I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, no meat, no meat for 50 days. And I lost maybe, and this this thing. So yeah, I lost about 10 pounds. And I did not want to lose 10 pounds. I was already thin. And so I said, man, I got to gain weight, but I can't just gain weight by eating crazily because I still want to stay in shape. So I have to figure out how to build muscle, um, which honestly never crossed my mind. I thought I'm a skinny guy. Skinny guys are skinny guys. There's no such thing as a skinny guy who like built muscle. And now he's like not skinny no more. That okay. never crossed my mind. Um, and so, and at when I was at that crossroads, I began to ask around and say, you know, what, what is a program? What is a method for me to actually start building muscle? And people began to throw out ideas and I would go to the grocery store, I'd buy all the stuff and nothing was happening. And, you know, I get all the, the black beans, I get all the meat, I get all the protein, nothing was happening. And then I got a program. Um, and when I got the program uh, that was dedicated for uh, building muscle, started doing that at home and on my, uh, on the television and slowly but surely, these pounds started to come on. And I said, oh my gosh. And then everybody else had to go, oh my gosh, like what's happening? And so when that began to happen, I started going, well, you know, if anybody needs help, let me begin to just help you out um, and let you know like what I'm knowing, what I'm learning. Um, and um, I ended up getting a certificate with uh, NAS, I think it's NASM. Um, started getting a, a certificate with them, started working at 24 Hour Fitness. And, uh, and everything was going fine. I was loving it, loving at 20, working at 24th, kind of had my own clients on the side if I had some time. Um, and then I got depressed. I got depressed because there was a, a breakup uh, that I had in uh, 2017. And so I had to, at that point, I mean, it was so hard to work out at that point. It was so mm. hard to, to go to the gym. Um, and I just didn't have it in me to keep going the way that I was going. Um, and so that's when I stopped working at, uh, 24 hour fitness. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's taken a good amount of time to get through that emotional block. Um, and I honestly didn't know what exactly to do that. That's the first time that's ever happened where I was feeling that way. And I had lost so much momentum. Um, but, uh, honestly, I'm in a place right now, mentally, emotionally, where I feel like I can go back to training. Um, but I would just have to go back into, you know, getting recertified and things like that. Mm, okay. Yeah, now yeah. we said a breakup was like at a family breakup or was it a, what, what, what? No, yeah. Just, you know, I was dating someone and, you know, there was a disagreement and, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know what, it's fine. It's whatever. And, uh, the next day it hit me like, no, that wasn't, that's not what you meant. That's like, you need to go fix that. And, uh, but she was like, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to hear it. We're good. I'm cool. And I don't know how there's a part of me that still doesn't understand why, but all I could think is at times that, um, the reason why it hurt so bad was possibly because it, it was possibly other things that I haven't processed before, other things that I haven't really given time and energy to. And maybe that was the thing that, open that up inside of me maybe um because I'm talking about it hurt and I'm talking about I was again I was I was feeling it I was feeling it for a number of months um and uh yeah so that's 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 what had initially um really thrown me off of uh just on that path of just being in shape staying focused staying consistent and uh and, and yeah and discipline amen amen well you're married now though right so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't call it a comeback. Right. <laughs> don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Amen. Right, uh, right. Now, now, when you speak with your fitness journey, uh, I saw in one of your, your pictures that you ran the, was it the Spartan race? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah. So tell us about that process and oh, tell us man. how that went and uh, tell us how many, how long you had to train for that and 
Tell us about, right, right. I know you got a good story to tell about that. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, when I first started getting in shape, building the muscle, that whole thing, my mind started going, okay, you know, what can I do? You know, um, and just, you know, what are some of the goals that I want to set for myself? And I began to see those types of advertisements. You know, the advertisements were about the Spartan race or Tough Mudder and stuff like that. And I said, man, this, this Spartan thing looks really fun. But, um, you know, who's going to even go with me, right? Like, this isn't something that, you know, it's like all these Black people, right? Like, everybody is from <laughs> Oakland and <laughs> coming through and I'm like, let's go. So I'm like, man, like, who's going to actually come? And so I remember bringing it up on Facebook and, of course, like getting a bunch of crickets and... Um, you know, not being super uh, encouraged about it, but still wanting to do it. And then um, I was actually out with a, a group. Uh, we were doing a, a hike one time and I came down the hill, was going, coming down the hill and I hurt my leg, my, my knee, uh, doing a, playing around, honestly, playing around. And I tell you that that hurt my knee so bad to where when I would run anything, I try to run just a lake, try to you know hike again, um, anything above two miles, my knee would just start hurting, and uh, to the point where I would have to stop, turn around, go back to the car. Um, so I I really had really had given up on that. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do the Spartan race. I'm probably not going to be hiking. I'm not going to be running whatever. So when I was building muscle, it wasn't big on cardio anyways. So I just continued to, you know, work out and, and do my best to keep building muscle. And this time around, uh, my wife and I, uh, we had, there were two, two factors. One, we were, we were, it was, it was the pandemic and, you know, more weight is coming on than I want to have happen. And then I'm not, you know, I, we were living at this little apartment. I had no equipment. I actually ended up uh, signing up for the Beachbody app again, but I hardly had any room to do anything. So it was like, I was hardly doing, making any progress. We moved to my dad's duplex. And, and when I did that, I had all this room in the living room. And so I began to, to work out again. And um, her and I had this, this conflict in which in the conflict we had to end up discussing like I need to have more freedom around my time and my diet now I know this is a little bit of a tangent but it's important to mention because there was a point in our relationship and I probably I'm speaking to other married couples where they say, you know, the wife cooks and the husband eats the food that the wife cooks and whatever she's cooking, you know, you're kind of working with that. And that's just what it is. So I, I get it. You know, you want to be all in shape, but y'all got to agree about this whole food situation. And uh, we had we had some discussions and I said, what I need to do, I need to have control over my diet because I have to do what I have to do to be in the shape that I want to be in. Um, and so after doing that and having more control over my time, you know, working out more consistently and more regularly, I um, uh, started to also reach out to um, a local hiking group that I actually had met a long time ago, but we got connected and the hiking group is full of all these folks. Now the hiking group is, you know, I would say folks are, you know, early thirties, late twenties to, late 50s, mid 60s, early 70s. And I'm talking about some of the some of the oldest folks are burning everybody. I'm wow. talking about you would never imagine, you would wow. never guess. You know, every time I'm, you know, not now, but in the beginning, I'd be like, oh, okay, she's ahead of me. But she's just gonna, gonna be ahead of me for so long. <laughs> and I'm talking about that lead would just keep growing. And I'm like, what is she doing? Like, what is going on? How is he going so fast? Like there, I'm sure he's hurting. I'm sure, I'm sure something's wrong with some joints in there. He can't possibly be doing that. Um, and nonetheless, they be killing it. And I'm like, what is going on? But it was a space, as you can imagine, where you had folks who were also like, oh yeah, I've done a triathlon before. I've mm. done marathons. I've done, uh, you know, Spartan races. I've done, uh, you know, I know friends that are, have also done Spartan races. So it was just like, wait a minute. Can we, 
can we go back to that? Because, you know, you were really feeling the Spider Race 2015. But can we get back to that? Because you, you know, your knee, I, I, I don't know, but it feels like your knee is feeling better. It feels like you're understanding your body a little bit more. I think you can make it happen. And uh, so I just bring it up. And I said, you know, who's done it? You know, when's the next one's coming up? And they, sure enough, there was one happening here in, um, in California, Northern California, uh, maybe like in, a couple hours away from me. And I said, let me go for it. So there's one in August and there's one in December. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could be ready by December. And everybody's like, if you don't go to that one in August, <laughs> like you <laughs> do not need to wait, you know, six more months, you know, to, to go right. ahead and, and be ready for this. And I said, all right. So I did sign up for it. Um, and um, about a week before the nervousness kicked in because it began to go. So are you actually ready though? Um, there is a place and I don't know if you ever heard of them, but there are different Spartan groups um, where they have like a facility or they'll have a space where there's a trainer and so forth and they'll just like give people similar exercises in, in obstacles. And so there was a place here called Mission Peak um, Spartans. And we, I went to that a couple of times before um, I went to my race and I, you know, they had a, a whole little race set up to like give us like a certain simulation and it was difficult and it was hard and we're rolling on the ground and we're hopping over these walls. We've got to flip the tires. We got to, you know, do the rings. We got to do the monkey bars, all this stuff. And uh, I was like, I got through it. So I'm glad about that. So I'm wondering, you know, how it's actually going to be uh, when I get there. Um, and it was a it was a sprint and so the sprint is only about 3.5 to 4 miles uh, but it also is it's hilly they don't just like have it like you know on, on like a beach right it's always like in the mountains and so you're doing all this stuff and while it was difficult I, I tell people it was easier than I thought it was going to be and then it was more difficult than I thought it was going to be um, because the amount of obstacles that I got through I was super proud of myself, but at the same time, I was also taken aback by the ones that I couldn't do because I've done them before, mm -hmm. right? Like it was like, oh, I did this one uh, in Mission Peak Spartans. And I'm like, why can't I do it? And uh, the next one, you know, I had to do the rings and I fell on the rings. I'm like, why am I feeling on the rings? I could do the rings. But, you know, the combination of, you know, working out, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're running and jogging, uh, you're hiking sometimes because you've spent spent all your energy. So now you're having to climb up hills and you don't have no, you know, speed at all. You're just really just walking. Um, and then you're having to do these different obstacles. You're, it's just taking all your energy, right? Whatever you're gaining back, you know, you just spent it all on that next obstacle. And you got to keep running and you got to go up that hill now. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a lot. But I loved not only the experience and, and being able to get through things, um, but also all of the fears, all of the mental and emotional blocks that you break through um, in an effort just to complete the obstacles. You know, um, mm -hmm. when you're when you're working out, you know, it's pretty much. You, you work out until you're tired and then you get back to it. But with the Spartan races or any obstacle course races, you're having to, to check your, all these mental and emotional red flags that are coming up. And it's like, you, you can't do that. You cannot, you cannot do that. You can't, you're gonna fall. You're gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna slip, you're gonna do this. And you're having to go, but I have to do it. So I'm about right. to go try. And you just keep surprising yourself. You know, you just keep going, oh snap like I didn't know or you know clearly that was more difficult than I thought it was going to be but I'm so encouraged to do more now um and it's probably I would even venture to say it, it surpasses the fitness stuff it makes you feel like man like whatever you're afraid of you might as well try it because you never know like you will surprise yourself sometimes on these uh, uh on these courses on these courses and so um yeah, at the end of it, I was I was definitely exhausted. I definitely didn't come prepared with the whole other outfit. And, you know, I didn't get all clean. I drove home. Everything was wet because I didn't know we actually were going to go underwater. But we did, uh, you know, and uh, but I was, again, super proud of myself. And I definitely look forward to, you know, doing 
not only, you know, a couple more, whatever, but really getting more connected with community that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, does those pretty regularly, you know, um, I definitely love the, uh, yeah, that, that all the emotions that, that come along with, uh, putting yourself through that experience. That is powerful. You know, just a golden nugget for our audience. It sounds like you got yourself into a group of people that 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 group of people help change and help establish a mindset. And uh, and I think that's important. That is important. Uh, Now, question about the Spartan. And I guess our audience, we can look it up ourselves. But do you remember, like, for the people who would come in first, second or third, what what is what kind of prizes do they give or is it just a trophy or what what, what you know that's a good question um so from my understanding first I wasn't even understanding that it was as competitive as it was in terms of uh times and um what I also want to say the number of races that people do when I first started to look around and find people that were doing races people literally are traveling across the country and around the world to do these different races themselves. Like my mind goes, oh, so you you know, you did one that's in your neighborhood, in your state, you know, in a couple cities away from you. But there are people who are like, who's going to Atlanta this week? And who's going to Carolina? And then who's gonna go to, you know, California to do that one? And people are like, yeah, I'm doing all three of those. And then I'm gonna go to do the Hawaii one. And, you know, and sometimes people are doing two races in a day two races in a weekend, you know what I mean? Four races in a weekend. I mean, exactly. Like, I'm like, wait, are you serious? So in terms of uh, rewards, there there are people who who win. I think that's its own reward. But uh, there is a Spartan championship. In the Spartan championships, uh, the people who have been on the podiums and who have gotten, like, enough... um, I want to say it's maybe the number of races and also, you know, the qualifying races that you've done um, that allow you to be, to qualify for those, uh, for this particular race. This year, it's actually in Dubai, and I so want to go. Is it, is it Dubai? Yeah, I think it's Dubai, and I'm like, oh, that's so clean. Like, who does that? Um, but, um, yeah, so you qualify, and then there are cash prizes for that part. Um, in particular. Um, but I don't know if there's cash prizes like throughout the year, but definitely for the championship, you know, people are competing for, uh, I would at least just say tens of thousands of dollars uh, at the end of that. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now you had mentioned earlier that you went to Bible college. What, what Bible yeah. college did you go to and uh, how did you, how did you pick that one? Um, so that's interesting. So I, I, I went to a Bible college called the School of uh, Urban Missions. It's here in Oakland. They, well, actually, it was here. They, they moved one to Sacramento, um, but I know they have, like, their home bases in, like, uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. And um, really, I was going to church, and I was feeling called to, to be one of the leaders, and I started to do that I started to you know begin to talk with my pastor and he began to say okay like we're gonna like give you an opportunity to speak and in this whole thing and I'm like okay uh but after it happened it was like all right cool so now that you're like one of the leaders then you to you know come to the meetings you got to sit in the front of the church there was a Baptist church you got to sit in the front you got to sit in the pulpit you got to have the suit you got to have this you got to pray you got to and I'm like okay like I could do all this but like where's the like education part right like because like don't get me wrong i'll be reading and i'll be coming to church on a regular basis but don't i have to learn some other stuff like don't i have to like get down into this stuff and um they they were they had some classes but it wasn't like okay but you have to go to college and so Mm -hmm. i was like but i feel like i do so i'll be back (laughs) and so uh, I began to look around. There were a couple here in Oakland. One is Patton University, and one was the School of Urban Missions. And I liked the School of Urban Missions because it was more, uh, speaking again back to my interest in, in being uh, connected to helping people who are in poverty and things like that. And um, in the neighborhoods, it was something that was more outreach focused. You know, it wasn't this like, okay, we, we go to 
school, we do our classes, we're done with our classes, we get our degree, it was more like you go to school, you do your classes, you do all these outreaches, you know, um, like I said, we did some for Christmas, some for uh, Easter, um, I was ended up being part of a youth ministry that we created at the Bible College with the students uh, that were there and all the people in the neighborhood, and we so in the school is actually in one of the the more dangerous neighborhoods at, by itself already, and so that was a way that we were were not only making an impact, but it was something that drew me in because I was like, I don't want to just be you know reading and you know studying when I go to Bible college. Like I want to actually be helping out um, wherever I'm where I'm going, and so that was the biggest draw for me personally. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, where do you fellowship at now? Um, it's called the Way uh, Christian Center. It's in, it's in Berkeley, California. Okay. Well, you sound like you have been all around the Christian uh, kingdom. You, you went to Catholic right. school, then you went to, you went to Urban right. Mises, Baptist Church, and now the, the, the Way, is, the, what, is that a denomination or is that a non-denomination? Um, I want to say it's uh, my pastor ties, would say things like it's like Baptocostal. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I feel like it's non-denominational. Like, again, we're not part of like, you know, Kojic or, you know, the Assemblies of God or anything like that. Um, so I wouldn't say there is one particular, uh, but, you know, there are the influences from the different denominations uh, in there. So, but yeah, so probably okay. non-denominational. Hey, hey, I'm I'm your brother in that aspect. I'm 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 Penny Baptist myself. So uh, <laughs> I went and uh I got saved in a Pentecostal church. I got trained mm -hmm. as a Baptist reverend in a Baptist church, and now uh -huh. I pastor a non-denominational church. So so I'm right there with you, nice. brother. I now I didn't have the I didn't have the nun hitting me in the in the hands with the ruler like you know what I'm right. saying? I didn't, I didn't right, have, right. I didn't have that experience, but uh, word, but, word. uh I, I, no, I, I never I never word. got I never got hit with it by any nuns. There were nuns on the campus. Uh, there were no, uh, but I also wasn't that kid either. So I wasn't like, you know, in trouble a lot. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I have heard of that. And I'm like, I don't know how y'all did it at y'all school. That is not how they did it at our school. So yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't get hit with a nun, but I got hit. Uh, I'm from North Carolina and I'm 48 uh -huh. years old. So uh -huh. in Clifton Elementary, <laughs> I had a I had a black assistant principal, and he had this. And his name was Mr. Mack, and he uh -huh. was, and he walked around with a paddle in his back pocket. Right. And, and the teacher put me in the hallway, and Mr. Mr. Mack was walking down the hallway. He didn't even have a conversation with me about it. I know he just did a <laughs> drive by. It was like a drive by, and it's like he is like he just went pam 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 pam, and the, uh -huh. and the teacher was like, "Well, wait a minute, I didn't I didn't." <laughs> I didn't mean for you know, but it was too late then. It he was already too late. Up. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but, but that's hey, that's what happens when you're growing up undisciplined. Amen. I was undisciplined, right? And I got, right. I got disciplined well. Hey, well, we got some <laughs> generic questions that we ask of all our guests. Um, mm -hmm. What book beside the Bible do you recommend that's helped you on your path? Oh, that's a good one. Um. The first thing that comes to my mind, and it's kind of like a, a default because, but I'll, I'll just say it is um, The Secrets to Success by uh, Eric Thomas. Um, that's one of the first books that I read. Um, when I first started to get into personal development at all was through um, his, his company and, and his uh, ministry. And so I started to follow him and uh, that definitely opened my eyes to just the power that we have if we become um, increasingly uh, disciplined, um, the ability for us to, you know, overcome a number of obstacles, you know, setbacks that we've had in our lives, if we manage to develop the discipline in our lives. Um, so I would definitely throw that in there. Um, but I would also just say that uh, it, because of what he was talking about and other people in the personal development world were talking about, I was just 
picking up books left and right. You know, honestly, uh, my I have Audible um, and my Audible is just like full of books, full of self-help books, full of uh, personal development books, you know, things that are challenging our, our mentalities, our mindsets, uh, you know, our feelings about, about discipline and about sacrifice, whatever it is. And so I listen to, whether it's those books or uh, speakers or authors, I, all the time. Yeah. So that's a big thing for me. That's awesome. Eric Thomas is a big, uh, he's a big uh, influence in my life as well. Uh, also, yeah. you know what, not just Eric, um, slowly but surely, like when Eric retires, CJ is like a big influence in my life as well. You know, he doesn't know me or anything, but uh, his, uh, you know, his, uh, his right hand man, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, brother, brother Quinny, he's, he's pretty powerful on that podcast as well. Now, at Becoming right. Discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas, spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Now, keep this in mind. We, I always repeat this for all our guests, so don't you, right. don't, you don't have to have all that memorized right there, all right? But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I want to I want you, as I repeat it uh, two more times, uh, I want you to think about your strong point and then your weak point. And then if you have a weak point, do you have a plan in 2022 of how you want to address that weak point? OK, so at Becoming Discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas, spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management and home and data organization. What's the strong point? What's the weak point? And what's the plan? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is in your time zone. At least on my time, it's, it's after church. And I don't know about you, sometimes after church, I'm just lacking energy. Courtney. Yes? Can you get me can you get me a uh, one of them vitamins that your mama takes? There you go, Daddy. Mm. Let me try one of these. Tastes pretty good. My God, my dog, Q! What are you having there? It's made with vitamins B9 and B12. It's it's great for my overall health. It's made with pectin, a unique fiber in fruit peels. It's simple and delicious. Kim, did you know that more people search apple cider vinegar in the U.S. than tea? Google has 15,000 people searching that word every day in the U.S. alone. Kim, how can more people get this gummy? If you want to support the podcast, or if you're looking to improve your health, you can order these gummies at https forward slash forward slash go.goalie.com forward slash becoming discipline don't forget to use our promo code becoming discipline mm. so what came to mind uh i think what i definitely would say is the spiritual aspect, um, because I do feel like there's a difference between, and, and I honestly may, may be mistaken. Um, I feel like there's a difference between, um, you know, our, our souls and our spirits. And I feel like they're the mental part. I feel like for me has been something that I have worked on and I, I am currently working on. I feel like the, the marriage definitely aids us in uh, helping us understand how important uh, and intentional we have to be about uh, minding um, you know, our, our, our minds and how we're doing and what we're thinking and you know, checking in with yourself and things like that. But I would say that uh, you know, spiritually in terms of um, of, of meditation also in terms of prayer. Um, it's been something that's been on my mind recently, honestly. Um, and so I'm not sure if I, I have a, a plan for that area um, per se, but I would definitely say that uh, financially is where uh, 
I've, I've been, man, it's hard between finances and fitness. That's why I'm kind of doing this thing. But I would say uh, finances is one of those areas where I've been like, on my on my grind and so uh things I mean we just moved into a house uh just bought a house and so that's part of the the product of of being focused and disciplined with the finances awesome 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 now the undeveloped area which 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 one of those which uh yeah I would say that the spiritual okay 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 all right all right well I didn't know if it, I didn't know if that was your undeveloped area or if that was your strong area I'm sorry my brother okay it's all right now, now um the uh, we have uh, reached a point in the podcast where um, we have reached a point in the podcast where we want to hear about what you have going on right now, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a church event or whether it's your web link so that we can connect with you so we can get your awesome spoken word in person or whether it's any product that you have or anything that you've got going on, we want to hear about it. And then on top of that, whatever you share, I'm going to put it at the end of this podcast so that people can go and connect with it as well. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, what I one thing I did back at the, I want to say, I would say maybe uh, March or April, uh, is I recorded a video, an online class for uh, personal finances around budgeting, um, in particular around budgeting for yearly, um, I want to say annual uh, annual fees, annual events, you know. So in a in budgeting, what you can do is a thing where you budget right now at this point where you're at, given how many paychecks, how many uh, months are uh, in between now and your your goal date um, to start saving per paycheck. Um, And so I created a video about that, about not only how that works, how that has worked for me um, and my family, uh, but how you can also do that for yourself. And so I did create that and it is on my, Instagram page, um, and it's through Gumroad, uh, but it's called the Woke Not Broke online course. Um, And so in there, again, it's all about personal finances for all of you out there, uh, married or single, um, but you need a plan for your finances, a way to begin to organize how you spend your money on a regular basis, um, such that you can have what you want to have when you when you need to have it uh, when it's time to go and shop for christmas or when it's time to go ahead and spend that money for that birthday that you've been saving up for it's there versus um it's here and it's upon you and you haven't saved at all so this whole paycheck is dedicated to that event if you begin to take care of that uh at whatever point of the the, the year it is um you can begin to uh save up for that slowly but surely so that's the product that i'm uh that i have out there um and in terms of just what i have going on i mean apart from the move uh you know i definitely know that i'm trying to again marry and it's actually been a struggle uh about how to find out how to brand that the best but marrying the finances in the fitness, um, trying maybe to create uh, maybe a challenge in the next couple of uh, weeks or a month or so for people to engage both areas at once, you know, um, because I've seen a lot of the discipline that I've been able to um, Im- implement in my life in both of these areas, um, you know, there have been a number of results as a result of that. And so it's something that I really want to be able to package for people uh, to experience, you know, the benefits of, of both uh, discipline in both areas. Um, so I feel like that's something that people can be on the lookout for. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, um, how do how do we get a hold of you, Jermaine, uh, if we want to have you speak at our church or speak at our conference? How do we get a hold of you? Awesome. So uh, one, I would say my um, email at this at this point in time uh, is Jermaine1632 at gmail.com. Um, of course, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my uh, page on Facebook is actually uh, entitled uh, It's Bigger Than Me. Um, and it's so it's like Jermaine Hughes, uh, colon, it's bigger than me. Um, and so that's how you can find me on Facebook. And then on Instagram, um, my business account is uh, the financial fitness guy. Um, and that's where you can find me on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are the ways that people can can get in touch with me. 
Okay. Well, Jermaine Hughes, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You didn't have to do, do this. You didn't need to do this. We truly appreciate it. You have the last word. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? And also, it's always good to know your audience. Our audience are 30 to 55-year-olds. I lovingly call them the Get Better Club. And they're people who are trying to become better versions of themselves. Probably 60% of them are Christian, but we have people from other faiths and other groups that listen in across all the platforms. So we wanted to just open this up to you. What closing thoughts do you have for us, Jermaine? Thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. um, I would say uh, discipline almost like uh, those those quotes that we that I've heard in church where it says, you know, a uh, vision isn't taught, it's caught, you know. Um, I feel like uh, when you're in, when you're fighting for discipline, um, it's definitely difficult and it's, and it's discouraging. I definitely have, have been there. Um, but once you find the opening and I don't know how the openings happen, I don't know when they come, but when you find the opening, you find the interest, you find the passion, um, you find the willingness, uh, to go after what it is you're trying to go after. Um, you know, it definitely is, is life changing, life altering. Um, and so I definitely want to encourage you all, you know, if you're in whatever area that you're struggling with discipline in to continually keep your eye open um, to trying to get that thing going right whether it's the, the fitness whether it's the finances whether it's the business um, you know the mental health whatever it may be the spiritual stuff you know be, you know continue to press towards it and when that thing opens up for you um, you could definitely see yourself um, accomplishing way more than you you plan to accomplish uh, and way more than you thought that you could um, you know and that in itself um, continues to expand your horizons by allowing you to, to realize that you are way more uh, powerful way more um, capable um, than you thought that you ever could be so definitely keep going at it keep getting after it that's powerful my brother that is so powerful if you enjoyed jermaine hughes as much as we did you can check him out on instagram at the financial fitness guy or you can also check out his facebook page jermaine hughes it's bigger than me